Our Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you for your grace and your glory and your mercy. We pray that as we prepare to hear the word of God, that you will bless us and be with us. We thank you that dear brother Small was able to go visit his other family members this past week and just had a tremendous time. We thank you for him and pray that as he ministers today at his church that you will bless We thank you for all those that are here, those from the Netherlands, those that are vacationing, that see the importance of still being in worship, how awesome that is. Today, God, we thank you that we've been able to worship and we are praying that, God, we have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We do love you. We do bless you. We glorify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Won't be before you long. We are continuing our series in the book of Haggai. Rarely do you hear messages from the book of Haggai in the Bible. And so we are in part five of our series today. Brother Jerry, who normally takes care of the board, was not able to be here today to do that. And so you still see down below the fourth part, but the same message title. Let us rebuild the house of the Lord. That is the message of the book of Haggai. Let us rebuild the house of the Lord. This is how it reads in Haggai chapter 1, verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. God bless the reading of his word. God bless you, Brother Small. All right. All right. God bless you. Your privilege of enjoying the blessings of God or not Enjoying them. It lies in what you do with the words that have been given to you. We see today a time which did not always happen where there had been, at this point, a response to the message of Haggai to the people that God says, I am not pleased with you because my house lies in ruins. There had been the return of the people from Babylon, from captivity. And the people had not taken the necessary steps as had been ordered by, at the time, King Cyrus, who later was replaced by King Darius. There had been two kings in between that period. The son of Cyrus... And then there had been another person by the name of Gamata who reigned for less than a year and Darius took, removed him from power. This is all during the 6th, 6th century BC. The children of Israel had come back from Babylon and the command was, go and rebuild the house of the Lord. King Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed the house of God. The people had been taken into captivity. And when they had been taken into captivity, that final time that he came in 586 B.C., the temple was destroyed. 
It was because of sin that God took his people into captivity. But he said that there would be a remnant, there would be a group that would return. Anytime that God chastises his people, it is always for the purpose of having them to turn back to him. God loves you so much that he does not want you to go off on your own and mess things up. He does not want that. So he always provides a way. But if you insist on going your own way, God may just say, go ahead. But there are consequences down the road. You see, the children of Israel failed to realize that God had kept giving them warnings. And says, do not be like the other nations that don't honor me, don't worship me. I am the true God. And if you do as the other nations, then I'm going to do to you, as I said in Deuteronomy 28, that I would do to the other nations, that I would curse your land, I would curse the womb, the rain would not come. But if you obeyed me, oh, I would bless the land. I would, I would send the rain at the proper time. Right before we see in this passage, the Lord said, the people here don't realize that I have been blowing on your land, your fruit, blowing it away. You have sowed, you have sown, but you have not reaped much. You brought it home and it wasn't much because I blew it away. You had, you had pockets with holes in them. As you put things in, it fell out. Why? Because you have not honored my house. He says, build my house that it may go well with you. And so now we're at the place in verse 12 that the leader and the prophets and the people have heard the word of the Lord. And this is what again it says. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. And the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. The people feared the Lord. We're going to pick up with point five of our series today. If you're writing points down, I'm going to, point, I'm going to give you a point and then I'm going to have... Some points underneath that. Obedience and proper fear. Obedience and proper fear. Obedience and proper fear. Under this first point, if you wanted to also note, the, beneficiar- the beneficiaries of the message. The beneficiaries of the message. When you listen, excuse me. Who you listen to in life makes all the difference. Who you listen to in life makes all the difference. And every era in history, people have had to make the choice if they would listen to God or if they would listen to someone else. The beneficiaries of the message that Haggai the prophet gave from the Lord, the beneficiaries are the remnant of the people that came back from Babylon. They are the beneficiaries, the remnant. Get this. The Lord does not oftentimes move with the majority of people. He oftentimes moves and deals with a minority of people, a group, one that will honor him. If you find that everybody is going this direction, be careful, because what seems popular, oftentimes God is not in. 
He's over here with a small group. <laughs> you, you, you hear me? You, you think that God must be there because, oh, look at all the people that's going that direction. No, no. Be careful because broad is the road that leads to destruction. You see, get this now. The, the, the difference here, when we think about this message of broadness, people are hearing a message. And they think the message that they're hearing is leading them to eternal life. But that message is not. There is only one way to the Father, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care how you look at it. There's only one way. (laughs) So you have to be careful who you listen to. So the beneficiaries of the message is the remnant, the group that have returned, and possibly even those who had remained in the land. But sometimes we can still miss the message even after the discipline has come. You see, there had been an indictment leveled by God to the leaders and the people that they had taken care of their own places and left God's temple desolate. The people had come back home from captivity and they began to build up their own houses, all spectacular, wonderful looking. They took care of all of their items, but here's a problem. They ran into opposition with the people in the land, some of, the, some of those who were opposed to the, the nation coming back to rebuild the temple, and they stopped the progress. But instead of moving forward, they said, well, tell you what, we'll just continue to build on our house, and they forgot God's house. And what they failed to realize is that they didn't put the pieces together that the problems that we are now seeing in our own lives, they did not connect it to their relationship with the Lord. The resulting confrontation by God was that he was going to remove their items, their livelihood. The little that they had, he would blow away. But then something happened that is so tremendous that you rarely see in the prophets, the major prophets and the minor prophets. When a word often came by a prophet to the people, you rarely see an immediate change and an immediate shift to obey God. You oftentimes see there's a passage of time. But here in Haggai, we have something totally different that happens. The Lord sends a word, and the people respond immediately. The word comes, and the people obey the voice of God. (laughs) How often, when God speaks through his word, do you stop what you're doing, listen, and obey? How quick are you to obey God's word when he speaks? We say, not, 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 not now, Lord, I'm, I'm watching this show. Come back later. I'm not ready for you. I, I'm kind of busy right now. Come back to the, to the commercial. This is the best part, Lord. <laughs> you need to know that obedience to God can never be based on your own convenience Nor can it be based on you understanding fully who God is. You see, God is so powerful. He is what we call omnipotent. He is powerful. That means that he can do 
anything and everything. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere present at the same time. He's omniscient. He knows everything. When we come to God and obey him, we may not understand all of the details, but we have a responsibility to obey God's word because God's word never fails. You see, God is pleased when you move forward in obedience to him, even when you're not quite sure how things are going to work out. Even when you say, Lord, I don't know quite what you're doing, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to step out on faith and do what you said. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do it. And what we find in the book of Haggai here, we have the people who have received the word, who had been, had been, uh, um, hindered in their progress because they were fearful of people. But when the word of God came, they took courage and said, you know what? We're going to do what the Lord says. The moment you begin to do what the Lord says, get this, God's blessings are, un- are unleashed upon your life. They are released back to you and your family. It doesn't mean you may always, you will always see immediately what God is doing because sometimes it may take a little while, but God's blessings are released. Upon you. And what do I mean? If God was blowing away their livelihood, what they had reaped, and they were holes in their pocket, if, the, if God had been doing this, what he's saying is that I'm going to stop the very thing that has been bringing you turmoil and disaster. Where my curses have been, I'm going to put a stop there and now put my blessings there. Why? Because your blessings are tied to your obedience to God's word. Be very careful that you don't think everything is supposed to always run smoothly, though. (laughs) Everything doesn't always run smoothly. Because even when you begin to do God's will and his work, the enemy says, oh, wait a minute, we have to put another problem here. We, We have to put another barrier there. Why? Because there's opposition to doing God's will. So you've got to be determined to go forward. But God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So God is pleased when we move forward in him. He will wipe the past away where judgment has filled every crevice. You see, the beneficiary, the beneficiaries is the remnant that's in the land. He says, I'm going to reverse what now has been happening. Why? Because you have taken the steps to obey me. Hmm. The cure for many ills in life today is obedience to God's word. If the United States would turn to God, I believe that there would be a major turning in regards to things that we see taking place today. If there was a turning to God's word, we would see a reversal of some things taking place now, today. I am so so amazed that when nations that did not know God, honored God, God would even bless them. Remnant, the word, often deals with a part or a portion of. The remnant in this case, as I have emphasized and stated again, 
um, deals with those who have returned. Now, some commentators believe have stated that they believe that the remnant also deals with those who had remained in the land and who did not go into Babylon, into captivity to Babylon. Some of those that were very poor, they would be left in the land to tend the land. But most commentators believe that the remnant that is being referenced here in this verse speaks specifically of those that have returned. Well, remember this. I made a point last week that the people that had returned from captivity were still living in captivity even when they came back home. Why? Because they had not fully obeyed God. You see, you can be at a place to where you say, I want, I want God to help me and bless me. Well... The Lord had a very, very clear solution for Cain. The Lord said, Cain, why is there sin in your heart? He says, if you do right, won't you be accepted? Why is there anger and malice? God will accept your gift if you do right. We can't, we can't expect God to bless us when we're living in rebellion against him. <laughs> the beneficiaries, the remnant. The second point under this point here that I want to just draw your attention to uh, briefly is this. The blessed from the message. The blessed from the message. Still under that one, that one verse, we're only dealing with that one verse. The blessed. Those who positioned themselves to hear the word of the Lord from the prophet were blessed. Those that positioned themselves to hear the word of the Lord were blessed from the Lord. They put themselves in the position to hear. Get this. It is very important. They were where they were supposed to be to hear the message. And because of them gathering to hear... They were blessed. Brother George, would you pull up Romans chapter 10, verse 17, please? It says, so faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ or the word of God. When some people say, I need more faith, but they're not in the word. (laughs) You don't get more faith by just hoping for it. Faith comes from hearing and then hearing the word of God. Sometimes I think we're hearing a bunch of other stuff and thinking that we're going to get our faith. No, your faith is destroyed depending on what you hear. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. So they are where they're supposed to be. And because they are where they're supposed to be, they're able to get the word that they are supposed to hear. I tell you this, I told you this, I was working some years ago in my job in San Rafael, and we were in the process of hiring, trying to find someone to hire. And so I was going to, I was put out information and I was going to be interviewing some individuals. But there was one person that I, I was hoping that she didn't apply for the job, and we were in a meeting together, and she says, have you all posted the job announcement yet? And I'm thinking, oh, man. (laughs) I said, yes. And so I felt there was an obligation that I had to interview her, but I just felt that there there was something not right. 
But because I knew the person, I felt at least I owed her that. On a Friday afternoon, I'm coming from my office. I'm coming from a, my, a building next to my office. And I'm going to go and make the final phone calls. And I'm thinking, oh, I've got to give her a call and set things up for this meeting. But I felt the Lord was saying, she's not the one for this job. True story. I picked up the phone and I dialed this person's number. When I dialed the number, I went into the conversation that she was having with another person. Now, you remember back in the old day when the phones were bad, you could have, you can call in, you say, who is this? <laughs> Several people. But we are way past that. And so, I'm on the phone, and I heard some words come out of her mouth that were like, whoa. And I'm thinking, do I say hello? I said, so I hung up the phone. I said, I must have dialed the wrong number. I called back, and the line was busy. And I stopped, Lord... You allowed me to be taken into the conversation that I needed to hear, for you told me she's not the one for this job. I took that as a sign that God made. He he confirmed with that sign, she's not the one. So I I didn't hire her. And then on the day that we had to make the final decision, I still didn't know who I was going to hire. It was between two people. And I went down into my kitchen. That was my prayer area. I was to get my chair and I'd sit it right in the kitchen. And I would, that was, I was in my morning prayer. And sometimes my kids would be in bed and say, oh no, dad is praying again early. And they're trying to sleep. And I'm just down there just worshiping. Oh, and that morning I'm praying. I said, God, I need an answer. Who am I supposed to hire? Now, I'm not one to hear voices and things. I'm not saying this, but I heard the Spirit speaking to my spirit as clear as day. He says, either one is fine. Either one is fine. And I had to make it that day. I said, Lord, I still don't know who. Either one is fine. And on that day, hired the person. And it was like, thank you, Lord. That was the person for the job. So, so how do you hear? You hear by the word of God. The Lord did that for me. Because I'm, I'm pretty skeptical <laughs> with things. But the Lord did something for me that I needed. And he kept me from making a decision that would have had some dire consequences. But this, you see, there are times, and I know our time is moving on. Give me four minutes and we'll be done for today. There are times <laughs> when... <laughs> That, that God says, don't go that direction. That, that's not the way. And he puts up roadblocks. And we find ourselves trying to go around those roadblocks. If you're going to be the beneficiary of the message, if you're going to be the blessed of the message, then you need to obey the message. And this is what we find now in this group. of Haggai obeying the message. You see, because the first thing that you need to understand, Brother George put up Proverbs 1-7, is that the fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord. If you want some knowledge, wisdom, understanding, fear God. 
Fear God. Couple points as I end here. Then we see from this matter of the remnant, this matter of the blessed of the message, then we see the proper fear that they have of God at the end of verse 12. They feared. Now I want, to, I want you to understand something really quickly and understand something very importantly. When we fear God, there are two types of fear that I want you to note. Some people would say that it's not a fear to like, uh, God doesn't want you really to be afraid of him. Uh, you better be afraid of God. <laughs> Why do I say that? You remember the children of Israel on Mount Sinai when Moses and the children of Israel were coming out of the land of Egypt? And the Lord said, I'm bringing you out of Egypt. And many people miss this. They jump right to the point to where he's taking them to the promised land. That's not what the Lord first said to them. He says, tell Pharaoh to let my people go so that they can learn how to worship me. That's one of the first things that God said to tell Pharaoh so that they can worship me. That was part of the reason of coming out of Egypt because they had all those gods and they had been ingrained with the gods and the Lord had to get that out of them so that I can teach them how to worship me. Then when they got to that mountain, the Lord says, Moses, tell those people, don't come up this mountain for I'm a holy God. The word awesome means terrible. We say, oh, they're awesome. The word ter- awesome means fearful. When we say God is an awesome God, you are an awesome God. Yeah, fearful God, powerful God. The Lord says, tell them not to come up this mountain or I might break out against them. <laughs> So when we worship God, we have, to have, we have to have the proper fear of him. That's one. And most people try to only say it's a respect. Oh, that's part of that as well. And I'm going to end on that portion. But if you don't properly fear God, you won't feel the need to really obey him. There has to be a healthy fear. Then there's a fear that it speaks of, of a respect. There has to be such a, a respect for God which fear also speaks of. When we speak of fear, it is a reverence of who he is. My dad said, don't forget, God could just wish you away and you'd be gone. <laughs> ain't got to be, ain't got to bat an eyelid, he can just wish you history. <laughs> so when the people say they feared God, get this. After their eyes had been realigned, after their eyes had been refocused from their houses back to the temple of God, they were able to once again fear him. The moment you turn back to God, you then have a proper focus of who he is. We're going to end there. May God bless you. Let's give God a hand. Amen. Amen. I'm going to pray, and then Brother George is going to pray and take our offering. Then we're going to dismiss. But right where you are for a moment, if you just bow your head before doing anything else, some of you are in the midst of some decisions 
I have no idea what they are. You may be making decisions for maybe a major purchase or you're having questions about something and you're not quite sure what to do. My suggestion is spend some time in prayer before the Lord. Spend some extra time. Say, Lord, I need to have clarity. What do I do? And so right now, Lord, I'm asking for those who are in the place where they are um, having to make some decisions, that you will give them clarity, that you will let them know exactly what it is that you would have them to do. And then may they be obedient to your word. May they, look to, may they search the scriptures. May they, may they understand that it is faith that pleases God. It is trust in you, Lord, who has never failed. So we do pray for individuals. For those right now that are traveling, we pray for traveling mercy. Our family that's here today, when they're traveling to the various places, keep them safe, shielded from the attacks of the enemy. Keep them strong. Help them to be able to enjoy this wonderful world that you made. And we're praying today that you, Lord, will take them through completely in a way that brings honor to your name. We pray for them. Those that will be going on vacations uh, throughout this summertime, would you bless and bring them back safely? All the people that are dealing with sicknesses today and illness, we're praying for full recovery. Oh, my God, we love you for who you are. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's give God a hand.